0: Welcome, friends, to the worship service of the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, for this Sunday, January 31st, 2021. We are so glad that you have decided to join us. Lent is coming, so pay attention to the e-blast from the church office on the Lenten devotional by Amy Jill Levine, for you to purchase and to use with Pastor Rachel and I during this season of Lent. We will also be sponsoring uh, class discussions uh, for each of the weeks of Lent as well, so sign up through that eBlast uh, link for the class of your choice. All of this will be starting on Ash Wednesday, February 17th. Also, our special appeal to underwrite our clergy staffing for this next year is underway. We have had some responses already that are promising. This has been a good initial response, and we hope, though, that more will be forthcoming because more is needed. Please pledge this effort to support our ministries. More information on this is available through the Church e and on our website. And let me take a moment just to make clear that earlier efforts at refurbishing our campus and improving the sanctuary media were covered by generous donors for the 50th anniversary and in a subsequent appeal after that, and is not covered by church overspending that might have led to our current shortfall. Those generous donors have set the table for our invigorated ministries as we come out of this pandemic. We are very thankful for them And we are hoping your pledges uh, over these next 10 days will help carry us forward into them with both of us uh, fully vested in ministry here at your church. All right, then blessings upon you. Thank you again for joining us for worship. Let us center ourselves and go with God into this uh, beautiful time of worship. continue with our preaching series on the part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which is referred to as the Beatitudes. They are words of wisdom that characterize how things are supposed to be for the people of God who embrace God's sovereignty and seek to make more present in the world God's kingdom. The Beatitudes are words to live by, to shape your life by, May you be blessed in the hearing of them and contemplate how to live into them so that you will be truly among those who are blessed. Let us pray. Holy God, we pray your presence upon us this morning through our worship service. Make yourself known and let us, in that awareness, draw closer to you. We seek to be strengthened in our faith and more in tune with your will in our lives. So help us to be your loving children. Amen. Amen.
1: Morning kids, now's the time in our worship service where I invite you to come close to your screens, whether it's a TV, a computer, an iPad, or a tablet, so that we can be in conversation together. Our Celebrate Wonder curriculum for this week invites us to think about what the kingdom of God is like. And the story talks about the kingdom of God in two ways. It talks about the kingdom of God like a mustard seed that grows into a giant plant. And it talks about the kingdom of God like bread that starts out small, but grows to be enough to feed many. I don't know if your family during this time of quarantine and as we've been dealing with the coronavirus has been one of those families that has started making bread on a regular basis if you have, you will know what I'm talking about. I confess that that's not our family. Warren had hopes of it, but we didn't quite get there. And I'm okay with that in all honesty. But we did grow a lot of things over the last year and are starting to grow things again. With the idea of it being like bread, if your family got on the bread-making bandwagon you experience something where you would make some bread and you'd set some dough aside and you'd have something that was like called a starter that would allow you each day to create more dough and to continue to build and increase what you had. When Jesus talks about the kingdom of God being like bread, Jesus is talking about the fact that as we, give and add to other people, we still have enough for ourselves to continue growing and to continue to be who we are created to be as God's disciples, God's children, God's loved ones. And I don't know if you've ever done any gardening, but plants start out really small. If you look at the seeds in your strawberries or in your apples or in the vegetables that you eat, they are tiny. And somehow those tiniest of seeds can make amazing things. A pumpkin seed is relatively small compared to a pumpkin. And one pumpkin is usually not all that you get from a plant. As we work to get stronger in our faith, we grow and we become more of who we are in God's eyes. And so as we start off as small babies and we grow into big people, as people of faith, we start off as an individual and we share our faith with others. And the story of God's love and hope grows and grows and grows until we get to the point that we experience the kingdom of God, not just as that place far away, but here on earth as well as we live as people who serve and honor God in all that we do. Will you join me in prayer? Let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for faith that may start out small, but grows and grows. Help us to see the kingdom. Amen. Amen. prayer. Awesome and almighty God, we thank you for this day, for the ways in which your spirit moves among us, around us, and through us, inviting us to continue to explore our faith more fully, to understand you more completely, and to live into our being most profoundly. Be with us this day that we continue to seek your guidance, continue to seek your will, as we listen to the words of the Beatitude and explore the next three Beatitudes, help us to be merciful, O Lord, to extend grace and mercy to those that we encounter who may not think like us, who may not talk like us, who may not look like us, but are your beloved children. Allow us to deal fairly with one another and maybe even extend moments of grace and forgiveness that aren't always asked for or warranted, but offer us freedom as well. Scripture says, create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and we seek to be those people who are pure in heart who know their value and worth as your beloved children, who seek to bring honor to you and live lives that continue to bring blessing to others. And allow us to be peacemakers, to mend bridges, to restore relationships, and find ways to bring the peace that you desire here on earth. To reality. Be with us that we continue to see the ways in which you are shaping and guiding us and calling us to live, to build your kingdom. As a faith community, we continue to pray for all of those that are impacted by the COVID virus. Lord, this feels like this has been going on for far too long now. And our hearts break for all of the lives that are lost and the families that are grieving their loved ones, including the families of Larry Schrock and Jean Blickenstaff, who we lifted up in prayer last week. We ask you to be with those that are are combating the virus in their systems. Be with them that they might know your presence. They might know your peace and they might experience the healing. That they need at this time lord we know that the pain is not always a physical ailment but an emotional psychological spiritual struggling as we struggle to provide for our families keep our businesses open maintain the needs of our families be with all of those that are struggling financially, emotionally, spiritually, and so many other ways right now. Let them know your presence and let us continue to discern how to move forward faithfully. We thank you that the vaccination is becoming more available each and every day and for those that have have been able to receive the vaccines We pray that this allows our communities to open up the ways that we desire. We join the Dawkins in lifting up prayers for their friend, Lori Rose, who is back on chemotherapy. Be with her that she feels your presence, knows your peace and continues to be blessed by your love. We also join in with the Dawkins in lifting up prayers for their son, Jeff who is preparing for another surgery on his shoulder. Be with him that he receives the healing that he needs and that his doctors have keen eyes and steady hands to tend to the surgery. We lift up prayers for Lynn Albertson who has a return of a tumor on her liver. We ask that the radiation that she is receiving offers the care that she needs. We lift up prayers for Janelle Saunders, who is healing um, from injuries, and we just ask that you continue to to watch over her at this time. We join with Betty Steeman, lifting up prayers for her brother, Mario, whose health is failing, but was able to celebrate his 90th birthday on Tuesday. We join with Rosemarie Zimmerman, asking for prayers for her friend, Anna de Ruchad, uh, who is now on hospice care after contracting valley fever and experiencing damage to her liver. And we also pray for Nan Finn Reardon, a friend of Rosemarie's who has been a part of this church, who is one of those who is struggling with COVID right now. Lord, we place our trust in you. We know that you are watching over all of the places and all of the people that are beloved and dear to you, which means all of us. And we take a moment to lift up the prayers of our heart this day. and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. reading today is from Matthew chapter 5 verses 7 through 9. Blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
2: i
0: We journey back to the mountainside with the crowd of the curious, the healed, the seekers, the faithful, at the feet of Jesus. Listening, learning. We're trying to hear correctly what he has to say, to remember it well and file it away for for later ruminating with our family, with our friends at the fireside, teasing out life lessons, admonitions, and comforts for the journey ahead. We've heard four Beatitudes so far, and now three more are cast out upon the crowd like the seeds Jesus spoke about one morning This wisdom will fall upon differing soils of receptivity. Some are clearly good soils, and and others, well, not so much. And we wonder today, which will we be as we receive these words from Jesus? Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Let's look at each of these. And we use two primary sources. One, the uh, New Interpreter's Bible, uh, one volume, uh, looking at the book of Matthew, where Westerholm has uh, given commentary. And the other is a book called The Beatitudes by John Stott, where he gives commentary on these passages from Matthew 5. So we begin with our first beatitude for us today. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Now Westerholt says the merciful are those who are eager to aid all in need, ready to forgive all who wrong them and charitable in assessing the deeds and the motives of others. Sot writes that mercy is compassion for people in need, and wonders out loud, merciful to whom is Jesus talking about? And he answers his own question by saying, merciful to those who have been overcome by disaster. It would seem for those who have been assaulted, we remember the Uh, story of the Good Samaritan, for the hungry, the sick, and the outcast. surely Jesus thinks of those, and he speaks of those who have wronged us as those for whom we should be merciful. Jesus conveys to us that God's mercy is for all, and so should ours. The world generally is not very merciful, though. It seems to prefer insult. It seems to prefer umbrage. It seems to insulate itself against people's pains and calamity. It finds revenge delicious and forgiveness. By comparison, pretty tame. But those who show mercy find it, is the biblical witness. So forgiveness and mercy are intricately linked with one another. Have you noticed that in your your own life, that your mercy kind of follows your sense of forgiveness? Remember Jesus's parable about the unmerciful servant. How how he was he was brought up and uh, over his debt, and uh, he begged for that debt to be forgiven or for him to be given more time to pay back that debt. And the one who uh, that debt was owed to said, "All right, go go." And and then that servant went right out and. Um, Demanded payment on a debt from somebody else. He didn't practice mercy, though he had experienced mercy. Jesus lifted that up as how we should not be. Peter asks Jesus, How many times should I forgive? Should I do it like seven times? And Peter is thinking, Well, that seems like a lot of times to forgive somebody. So that may be what Jesus is thinking. And, and Jesus responds to him, Hey, Pete, no, no, not quite. How about 70 times seven? Forgive us our sins, we pray, as we forgive those who sin against us. Think about it. We cannot receive mercy and forgiveness from God unless we repent, right? Repentance is a big part of experiencing that mercy that God extends to us. And we cannot claim to have repented of our sins if we are unmerciful towards the sinning of others. And so we pray in light of this first beatitude that our life would reflect the mercy that we have been shown. Our second beatitude is, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Westerholm says, pure in heart are those who are single-minded, single-mindedly in their purpose of following God's will. And, and Stott writes about Jesus being absolutely pure in heart. Now, wouldn't you say that about your Lord? Entirely guileless, purity of heart as an expression of inward piety is what we're talking about. The quality of those cleansed from moral definement, maybe, is a way to shape it in your thinking. Heart, righteousness, rather than rule righteousness. Single-mindedness, a real focus of our attention. Having a single heart, about something, perhaps. The pure of heart have their, their whole lives, public and private parts, transparent before others. Their very heart, including their thoughts and motives, is pure, unmixed with anything that's devious or ulterior or base. Single minded towards a purity of heart. Jesus instructs us to seek this quality of faith, this authenticity, this genuineness of being a faithful spiritual person. In the pursuit of of God's will for ourselves, for our family, for our world. It's putting God first and foremost, fully as the center point of our lives. Jesus is pushing us to the integrity of, well, not only word and actions, but also thoughts and motives. With the promise of being drawn more fully into God's presence, the more true of our holy intent and the clearer of our righteous purposes we are. Jesus is not asking us to be monks, yet he is asking us to be all in, fully in for God. No hedging our bets. One foot in, one foot out. Following at convenience rather than all the time. And so in, in light of the second beatitude, wanting to see God, wanting to, to be in God's presence as fully as we possibly be, we, we hold ourselves accountable and we ask ourselves, privately today for the Lord to show us where we have mixed motives, show us where, where we have any uh, hypocrisy, and we would pray that the Lord would help us to have greater sincerity and authenticity of faith, a single-mindedness of our heart. For what is right in god's will now our third beatitude for today is blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of god westerholm supposes that peacemakers are those who subordinate their own rights and interests to maintain peace overcoming evil with good and and Stott writes about how every Christian is meant to be a peacemaker. Do you see it that way? We all are meant to be peacemakers in our community, in our church, in our families, because we're called to be peacemakers between our soul and God. We are actively to seek peace and to pursue it. Is written in First Peter making every effort to live in peace with all is in Hebrews live at peace with everyone is in Romans it's a it's a common theme throughout our scriptures when I was in the, the Middle East on my sabbatical I had a, a, a special visit with a, a select group of folk to Hebron which was a city in uh, At that time, as it is today, under some great stress and uh, difficulty, hostile parties uh, very close to one another with uh, barbed wire and boundaries separating them. There was a group of people from the United Nations who were uh, peacekeepers. Uh, peacemakers they had on the back of this these vests they wore the one- the time I saw them they were they were women in their forties, they were walking down a hillside they were they were people who were trying to keep the peace between the hostile parties and at the end of the school day and at the beginning of the school day, they would walk with uh children to school to help uh protect them from any violence that they might sustain from people on the other side of the Palestinian conflict. Peacekeeping, peacemaking is more than trying to stop the violence, though that is a big part of it, I think. It has to do with more than holding that at bay. It has to do with finding ways towards uh, understanding and, and justice and restitution and reconciliation between the parties that are up in arms against one another the parties that are not making for peace with one another you know in a quarrel that we might have with somebody there's a there's a pain in apologizing if we if we feel we have been the the guilty party yet in that apologizing there's a a bringing forward of the possibility of an understanding and a reconciliation. But it's difficult to do. Or the rebuking of a person who has injured us, helping to make that person see how they have been violent upon our emotions or our soul and, and they need to step back from that and they need to be apologetic over that and they need to try to work towards whatever their concern was in a different way. That kind of rebuking is difficult to do too. It's painful to do. So often we just uh, move into different camps of appeasement and lob insults towards one another across the demilitarized zone of the relationship. That's not the best. It's not what Christ Jesus would want us to be doing in our relationships because that is not godly. That is not being a peacemaker. That's not loving God and loving neighbor. When we pray for unity, yet also we want to be kept from evil and we want to stay in The truth, as best as we can see the truth, as God gives us vision to see that truth. With the violence that we have witnessed in our own society, we see how unpacking wrongs done and pursuing just restitution and experiencing a reconciliation that heals and changes the future is really, really key. We don't get to peace without doing this hard relational work, individually or in society. Truly, they are children of God, who defeat evil and hatred with love and mercy. As, as we thank Jesus for reconciling us, bringing a peace for us between us and God, let us pray for guidance as to how we might bring peace and how we might be part of a reconciliation so that we do not shrink from the risk or or take the easy route out with appeasement, but rather bring healing and bring new life to this situation. The followers of Jesus must be faithful to their calling, to the way of life prescribed for them by Jesus. That's what discipleship is all about. Stepping up, being that person. If we are to be a good and not a useless presence in the world, if we are to be a part of the new creation. Remember, remember how the kingdom of God that Jesus is talking about is present with people who live it as they gather around the spirit and, and follow its dictates of love and of mercy. Only as God's sovereignty is made real and tangible in the words and the actions of believers is that kingdom come, built and shaped. God has given us a remarkable privilege and responsibility. So it makes a difference, dear friends, if you are merciful. It it makes a difference if you are pure in heart. It makes a difference if you are a peacemaker. It makes a difference to you because, well, you will be blessed by mercy. You will see God. You will be called a child of God. But also, it will make a difference to your neighbors and to the world, because God's sovereignty will be just a little more pronounced, a little better seen and understood, a bit more real and present and influential and consequential. So we call on you again in these uncertain times of pandemic and social unrest to be a person of faith that Jesus wants us to be one that lives by the Beatitudes and spreads those blessings to others. Amen.
1: Now's the time in our worship service where we have the opportunity to give our thanks to God and show our appreciation for the ways in which the spirit is moving in our midst as we reflect on what it means to be blessed and how we live our lives as people who represent God to the world. The gifts that we give help to further the ministry of the church and allow us to continue to build the kingdom of heaven.
0: Well, that's it. Thank you so much for worshiping with us. We pray it has been a blessing to you. Go forward this week with the words of Jesus, filling your thoughts and informing your words and your actions. Be a kingdom person and make a difference for God and indeed for yourself and your loved ones. Stay safe. Be healthy. And know that you are loved. Amen.